Welcome to the Between the Dream Podcast. I am your host, Richard Taylor Jr. Today is Monday, April 29th, 2019. If you are new to the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. I definitely ask that you go ahead and subscribe on whatever platform you might be listening on. For those of you all that are returning, thank you for your continued support. It is definitely appreciated to every sponsor, every contributor of this podcast. Thank you so much for your investment and belief in the Between the Dream Podcast. Before we get started, I need to let you know that the Between the Dream Podcast is is brought to you by our sponsors at Fibersoul.com. Fibersoul is a one-stop shop for Christian streetwear that balances the latest styles and life-giving scripture. With Fibersoul, you've got apparel that can always speak life. Make sure you go check them out right now. If With your first order, you get 15% off using code TAYLOR15 at Fibersoul.com. My goodness, such a great weekend. I hope that you all had a phenomenal weekend. So I celebrated my birthday last Thursday, and it has just really been one big cluster of emotions. Saw Avengers Endgame three times. I might go back for number four this week, but I need to make sure that my mind can handle it. So I am in a mood. Uh, we literally have one day left in the month of April tomorrow, and then we move to May. So I'm, I'm really excited about the closeout of this anxiety and stress piece that we've done here on the podcast all month. Because it's actually going to lead us right into the month of May. For those of you all that don't know, the month of May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Very important. I don't want to just say a very important conversation, but a very important um, epidemic and just real life uh, reality that we all have, which is mental health. Doesn't mean we all have mental health issues, but at the very least, we all have mental health. And so the awareness component of uh, this conversation is so important. So for the month of May, we will be doing um, conversations focused around mental and emotional health. I'm going to have some great guests on the show. I'm actually going to be on a few other podcasts as well, doing some things. I'm going to be doing some live videos. I might be doing more than one podcast for the Between the Dream uh, podcast during the next couple of weeks, but that's okay. Definitely want to be able to put out some really good content focused around the different components of mental health, different struggles, ways that we can invest and encourage others around us to do the same thing. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, we need to focus here. And I do want to let you know as well that for the month of May, my latest book, The Other Side, Freedom from Depression and Suicide, will be on sale for $10 only on my website, richardtaylorjr.com. So that'll be something you want to check out as well. That sale will start on May 1st. But today we are going to be talking about anxiety and stress in the workplace. So important for, I think, all of us, whether your work is working for someone else in a nine to five or as an entrepreneur, a contractor working on your own, it doesn't matter. Anxiety and stress shows no respective person when it comes to what you do in your work. But we do need to discuss this. And so there are several questions that were asked. And I'm thinking that I'm going to save those questions for the end because I've got about 10 points that I want to get through very quickly to give you all what you need. When we talk about anxiety and stress in the workplace, it can come from so many different areas, whether internally or externally. Sometimes we're just anxious being in a new space, or maybe it's a space that we've known for a very long time. One of the things that holds true, though, is the fact that when we're in these spaces, um, 
it doesn't matter how long that we've been there, we can feel that weight. We can feel anxious, whether it's from a new project. Maybe you're in a job that has a high turnover rate, so you're seeing new employees, or maybe you're constantly seeing a new boss over you, or whatever the case might be. Anxiety, and then of course, stress exists because of the deadlines that need to be met, the workload sometimes. Maybe you got yourself into a job where you really didn't know what it was going to look like until you got in there. And maybe it's giving you a little bit more than what you expected or could handle. And that's okay. We're going to discuss all of it today. And so, like I said, there are about 10 to 12 solid points I want to give you, but they're all needed. Small things that can make a huge difference when you talk about ways to really work around the anxiety in your workplace, right? The first piece that I think is important just from a general standpoint is getting a chance to know everyone around you. Um, it is so important to, to build solid one-on-one relationships with people in the office. It makes it easier to address problems with the individual rather than going the whole route of doing like gossip or venting to others. This starts by knowing people's names and their responsibilities, right? One of the things that I think we see with our generation um, is the fact that we kind of just hop into spaces. And because we are in this space and time right now with this current generation, and when I say generation, I don't mean just like millennials, but I just think people in general where we are in this space, we have become to a degree somewhat happy with bragging about how antisocial we can be. And I think sometimes when we get into new workplaces, it it still wears the same thing. Now, I'm not saying that you got to be buddy, buddy, and you hop into a job and you inviting all your coworkers over for tea and crumpets. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that it's important when you're in that space for whatever time frame that you're in, get a chance to know the people that you're working with. For those of you all who are entrepreneurs, no matter what your business is, no matter what your brand is, get a chance to know the individuals that you are working with and know them by name. One of the things that you will find when it comes to success in any form or facet of work is that building relationships can take you so far. The fact that you build good, solid relationships, people not only speak up and stand up for you, but they can vouch for you. Why? Because you've been able to actually show, you know, yourself beyond the surface and beyond the mode of what people think you are. Right. So, like I said, I'm not saying be best friends, but what I am saying is that it's important to to be able to speak up, to build at least at the very minimum um, that that one on one that that leaves the doorway for communication um, open. It's never too late to start building stronger relationships at your office or in the work that you're in currently. Um, uh, One of the the things I think is so important, and this is my second point when it comes to um, being able to be productive with the spaces of people that you're around in building relationships and knowing the people around you. I think it's important for us to make sure that we are avoiding triangles uh, or avoiding places that allow us the opportunity to pick and take sides, and then cause more rift in our work. And what do I mean? One of the things that you will notice um, with many workplaces is that they're built on gossiping about other coworkers or they're built on the, you know, just talking about other people, venting about people, going behind others' backs, right? For some of us, we've got to understand that. I understand that situations cause anxiety. Sometimes the people that we're talking about cause anxiety. And while this might it kind of brings you a little bit of relief for the moment um, or even entertainment. It only serves 
And I think in the long run, what it does is it builds up tension. And with that tension, it builds up stress because now you've got to start covering everything that you say. Oh, make sure you don't say nothing. Okay. What I'm about to tell you is confidential, but you got to promise me first that you don't say anything like all of these different things that we do when stressing our story. Um, I'm not trying to sound rude, but all of those little things that we do can make a huge difference, right? It's like, you can almost feel it. Um, just kind of surfacing around in the atmospheres, in the office, in the spaces that you're in. And sometimes you could be relaying your message or your feelings on certain things. And maybe you aren't trying to be rude. Maybe you aren't trying to cause drama, but you don't always know the people that you're expressing things to. Sometimes you think you do and you don't. And what it does is creates this triangling because now you've brought in a third person who you've shared things with and about someone else. Right. And so it's very unhealthy um, because now what you've done is not only add stress, but because of the fact that you didn't pay attention to the long term with this, you could potentially open the doorway for anxiety because now you're living in fear of who said what, what's going to happen. You're always in your head about maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. And you just got to be really, really careful. It might be tempting to vent to your coworkers. It might be tempting to vent to people. Um, but you got to really start taking into consideration more what communication really looks like and how you can reduce anxiety and stress by approaching the individual and communicating the facts of that situation to them and not other people. So important for you, because I think what it can do is it alleviates the drama in, in learning how to communicate. And it doesn't have to come off as an attack or you being rude. But being able to effectively just bringing it to the table. Right. So, so, so important. Um, the second. Oh, I'm sorry. The third piece that I want to give you when it comes to uh, this type of thing. Right. Because I just gave you this whole piece on avoiding the triangles and I'm encouraging you to learn how to communicate head on with the person that you might need to talk to. I think the next piece that is going to be so important um is 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 well first and foremost before you can stay in contact which is going to be another point it's important to use uh what i would call neutral language right and in communicating it's important right learning to use neutral language and calming language in the office can bring down everybody's stress load or even their anxiety at work and, and why is the neutral language so important? Because sometimes we don't know how to communicate because we can't control our emotions. When we start to, to really just speak from our feelings and our emotions, a lot of times we're, quote unquote, speaking from the heart, but we're not always effective when we're speaking from the heart. So we've got to learn how to use that neutral language. Right. Um, disagreements are definitely manageable when you can begin with certain statements or certain things that can really ease the conversation over. So, for example, you know, here's what I am thinking rather than a you did this or you did it right. Like you don't need to do all of that. Um, and then you can end that same you can end that same thought with being open and mindful of communicating the well, what are your thoughts with this situation? Right. Asking what the other person is thinking and not just necessarily putting your thoughts and feelings out there as if you're the only one that matters. What this does is it actually allows people to feel like they have input and it makes them a little more likely to hear what you're saying and not take it 
from a, a place of offense, right? Or not having a wall up, right? Uh, being able to ask the questions of what you can do about the issues or um, ways that you all can keep lines of communication open when it comes to preve- uh, preventing and being proactive in the future with different uh, conversation pieces or disagreements or whatever the case might be. Um, this is essentially what the neutral language is and what it looks like. I think this is so important because what it does allow you to do is to avoid the opportunities to gossip because you're using a language that allows um, emotions to stay very level headed because you're not just blasting off, but you're making or creating an inclusive space, right? With that, I think it's important for our fifth point uh, that we learn how to stay in contact, right? Um, in our human nature, it's very easy for us to do the whole cutoff thing. That's something that we have bragged about, I think, more over the last four to five years, right? Like, if we disagree with somebody, we immediately cut them off. If we don't like what they're saying, it's a wrap. We're done with them, right? It's important for us to remember, though, that when it comes to the people that we're working with, unless they're getting ready to leave or move around to a different job or whatever, you you still got to be you still have to communicate with them. You have to see them every day. So it's important that you stay in contact. Right. Um, so instead of cutting people off uh, when they make you uncomfortable or, or they make you feel some type of way, um, you don't have to give your all in these spaces from a standpoint of I just need to make sure that I'm always talking to them. Right. Learn how to give your energy and when to give your energy, right? Um, instead of always a- a- avoiding and using avoidance, um, keep contact open and being able to use your neutral language and address the uncomfortable feelings in that moment, right? Or take some time to think about it if you need to. But if you see something that's problematic, You can address it right there, explain why it was problematic, how it made you feel. It's okay for you to be vulnerable, right? Because at the end of the day, what happens a lot of times is that vulnerability um, is going to show itself as something that can be strong, even if you're in a situation where the coworker that you're talking to or the boss that you're talking to doesn't reciprocate it. And why do I say that? Your vulnerability and being able to be... um, mild-mannered and meek-hearted, what it does is as these situations continue to arise and say, for instance, they don't get better, what you can do in this is that your emotions have been taken out of it, right? And so when or if things were to, God forbid, go bad, I always use the term, you you know, you you don't have to act a fool with the fool. Many times, Issues will start to tell on themselves. Many times people will snitch on themselves, not through their words, but through their actions. Right. So say, for instance, you're in a situation where you're building up a case because you notice that different things are taking place within the workplace with a boss or a coworker that that is just doing wrong. Instead of you acting the fool with them, you can continue to be your vulnerable, loving self. That way, once it's time for things to really unfold, um, like I said, actions speak so much louder than words and lifestyle speaks louder than it all. So it's important for you to make sure that you are continuing to show yourself strong. So staying in contact and at least doing your part to keep the lines of communication open. It doesn't mean that they will reciprocate, excuse me, but at least you're doing what you can in the moment 
to try and make things better. Um, and with that, I'll encourage you with this next point. Don't drag others down. Office drama can be so entertaining at times, right? But what it'll do is make it, it'll make the environment a lot more stressful. Um, and it, it starts to lower the way we care, carry ourselves when it comes to our dignity, our integrity, and our morality. And we've got to be very careful, right? So when you are in the space where people are dragging one another down, maybe it's not you, try changing the subject when people talk poorly about your other coworkers, or maybe they're talking poorly about your boss, right? Like, do not respond to nonsense that will be dragging others down. I definitely want to give this next point because I think it's important um, because we use a lot of emails or sometimes we use text. I want to encourage you all to make sure that you are still having face to face or, you know, in-person talks, in-person meetings and conversations. Um, it can be really hard to break down somebody's emotion, tone or intention via an email or a text message. <laughs> and you want to be very careful with this. Right. What you read, what you read as as OK could come off as an attitude and it might not be that way with the person that you're working with. Right. A lot of anxiety in the workplace actually comes from misinterpretation, whether that be in the form of an email, the inflation or the tone in somebody's voice or, um, you know, waiting to hear back from someone about things that are a little touchy, edgy or difficult in the office space. Right. Right. So you, you got to be really, really careful to become so heavy in your relying on the electronic conversation piece. I really want to encourage you all to make sure that you're still having in-person conversations. The next point that I think will be so important for us as we kind of move and navigate through this is, is you and your own personal work, right? Make sure that you are um, being real with yourself in setting deadlines that are realistic, right? A lot of times anxiety can come from the, the workload that we have and the deadlines that need to be placed within it, right? What we notice is that anxious people sometimes will give you a yes in the moments where their bandwidth doesn't allow a yes. You feel like you need to say yes, but in reality, you should be saying no because of what you already have on your plate. And it's oftentimes better to just be honest when you have that upfront conversation head on and and doing that rather than having to come back later on once you've dropped the ball and fumbled and now you have to apologize later. Like just be honest ahead of time because you don't want to add extra stress to yourself by one, trying to get something done, by two, not being able to complete it, and by three, now having to go back and apologize and living with these anxious thoughts of, I wonder how they feel about me now. Is this going to mean that I won't get another chance? Like, just be real, be honest, and be upfront. Um, if you finish the job ahead of time and it's something that you could do, so be it, that's great. But guys, please do not put yourself in a position to where you've committed to things that your bandwidth don't allow you the space and time to be able to realistically um, finish and create. And with that, I want to give you another point, which I think is so important to make sure in your in your contacts and building the communication with people that you are utilizing the resources that you have around you. Right. Um, and, and, and when I say resources, these come in two different forms, the resources that are 
your employees, your team that helps get things done. Many times in the workforce, whether corporate, um, even in nonprofit work, and even as an entrepreneur, it can be so dog eat dog. One of the things that we don't always pay attention to is that we get more done as a team. Instead of being in that crabs in the bucket mindset, we've got to start understanding that we can get more done as a team. So how do we do this? We do this by actually taking the time in our communication to pay attention to the talents and the gifts that the people around us have. And instead of looking at them as someone that you have to compete with, understand their power and potential as a resource instead. So that's the first way that you can really start to tap into your resource. The second one is tapping into your resource from a standpoint of the um, employee assistance programs that are available at your job when it comes to uh, the counseling through the programs, right? If you find yourself in a position to where you just direly need a therapist or you direly need a counselor, most jobs have the employee assistance program or EAPs as we call them um, that can really help you as a mental health resource in the working community that you're in. This can help you to learn how to manage your anxiety, manage your stress, right? And though it might not hit you for like the immediate things that you need, um, I think it's important um, um, that, that you understand that long term giving this a try, it can definitely help. I do want to be able to also talk about the fact that sometimes you can be intimidated talking about your feelings or even talking to the counselor when it comes to the people that you're working with. But it's important that you do it. It's important that you get it done. It is also important that you realize that these resources are there for a reason. And and this helps in the long run because, God forbid, things don't get better. Say, for instance, and this kind of goes into one of the questions that we had about what happens when your anxiety is coming from um, your employee or maybe your employer? What happens if your 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 boss or your supervisor or manager is the big cause for your stress and your anxiety? And you you got to build a case. I would tell you, first and foremost, it's important that you document everything. Right. And then in, in accessing your resources on the EAP side and all of these different things, document all of this, because at the end of the day, God forbid. Right. Nobody's perfect. And sometimes even though we want to have faith in people to do right and be right, it doesn't always happen like that. And because it doesn't always happen like that, what tends to happen? We sometimes have cases where legal has to get involved. Right. The best thing you can do is have your efforts of trying to make things work documented. That way you can show the proof on your side that you have done all you can to truly access the resources and to do what you could in an effort to make things better. But sometimes people are ignorant and belligerent and they just don't care. So you still got to protect yourself. And with that, my final point for you is just be mindful of protecting your space and clarifying your boundaries ahead of time. In those moments where you are communicating with people, where you are building those one-on-one relationships, it is totally fine for you to um, communicate your boundaries and to be able to express these things so that there is no confusion later on. Or if there is confusion on the part of the people that you're communicating these boundaries with, 
Once again, you have it documented. They didn't respect it. You can bring it forward. These are the, the things that I wanted to give you all today as it pertains to anxiety in the workplace. Um, I would love to hear from you if you've got further questions, things that you want to know, um, or things that you feel like um, that, that you need answered. Um, I think it's important for us to make sure that we're having these open conversations because we've got to work in order to eat. And of course, when we go into these spaces, we're dealing with a immense amount of personalities, immense amount of backgrounds, upbringings, understandings, political views, religious views, and just daily social views that might be different from our own. And we've got to learn how to be cohesive in this space to work together for the goal of whatever job, employer, or whatever it is we're doing. So I hope this helps uh, you all as you take a listen to it today. Don't forget, if you've got any questions, you can hit me up, booking at richardtaylorjr.com. You can send all emails, inquiries there as well. Um, Instagram, Jr. Facebook is Richard L. Taylor Jr. My website, richardtaylorjr.com. There you'll be able to find all of my books um, and all of my merchandise as well. I even have videos up too. As always, guys, you're not losing in life. You're not failing. You are simply between the dream. I am looking forward to the conversations to come. Stay tuned. Uh, Now that I have seen Avengers Endgame three times, I will be doing a spoiler-heavy Um, breakdown of Easter eggs and review on the movie that will be dropping either today or tomorrow. So if you've seen the movie already and you got questions, I'm here to answer them. Looking forward to it. And like I said, I am super excited about getting the month of May kicked off for Mental Health Awareness Month. I love you guys. I want to see you win in everything you do. You're not losing in life. You are not failing. You are simply between the dream. Until next time.